Well, I don't know how long I have. I'm going to presume I have as long as I want. Is that right? Yeah, thank you. But would you turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 18? I, I, Jody and, and really Pastor Jody and the rest of the congregation, um, I'm really wanting to share deep, something deep from within my heart this morning that has probably more to do with my own personal journey this year with the Lord than it does me absolutely posit- positively knowing that this is what the Lord is saying to you. But it happens to be that I believe it's what God's doing in all of us. I, I don't put themes on years. Commonly, I know people that do, and that's really nice. And I'm always impressed that the Lord speaks to him some theme. Uh, but this year, I actually felt like the Lord ministered to me and said, Robbie, this is a year that you're to long for my presence as never before. And so I've been on a journey, and it it started around the time I was here last year when I actually can remember what I spoke on, Genesis 32, when Jacob wrestled with the Lord. Was anyone here then? Did you? And was it okay? <laughs> and and, and it, it had to do, you, you might remember, at least in my own life personally, it had to do with who are we? You know, when you remember when the, the Lord you know, ask Jacob, and by the way, he'd been wrestling with him all night. And I've, I mean, I find it humorous. You know, he says, uh, what is your name? And when I read it as coming out of American culture, I think, really, he forgot? He's been wrestling with him all night. He's God who knows all things, and he doesn't know his name. Until you study, and you would remember this, until you study Jewish culture and realize their name was given by who they are. And it had to do with their character and their life, and so they were named after that. Well, his name meant supplanter. I mean, there's cousin names to that, manipulator, liar, cheater. You know, he's the guy that would come to your family reunion and you watch your wallet. You understand? He comes empty and leaves with your money. I mean, how many of you have relatives like that? (laughs) Maybe they're here in church. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) mine that was like that came to church and their life was forever changed, so. I can't mention their names anymore, or at least. But anyway, and, and I was thinking about what the Lord, what was your life like? What would you have been called? And then the Lord got a hold of you just like he got a hold of me. And he changed your life. And he gave you a new name. You know, and he gave, you might remember that he gave Jacob the name Israel, which means prince with God. And I am... I am so undone this morning being able to stand here in absolute confidence knowing that God loves me and he loves you. And I can say that with confidence. And some of you have all these alarms that go off inside. Oh, he couldn't love me because I've done this and I've done that. Hey, honey, I have a long list too and it got washed away. (laughs) Yahoo! And the only one that reminds me of it is the accuser of the brethren, Satan himself. And quite frankly, I don't want to go around agreeing with him. Come on. And so I'm not going to tell you I am of something of failure because I'm not. Yay. So part of that, and thank you, part of that, who am I in this year and who's the Lord is also found in Jeremiah 18. And it's, it's the picture when the Lord called Jeremiah, he wanted to speak to him and he called him to the potter's house. And 
there when he ends up at the potter's house, just a few verses that we're going to be looking at in this section. And there at the potter's house, he realizes we're the potter. Excuse me, we're the clay. Ooh, I got that wrong. <laughs> Have you ever sang that song? You are the potter, I am the clay. Melt me and mold me. I think there's a bunch of words in there I've lived out in disagreement. <laughs> oh no, I want to be the designer of my life. Come on, how many of you do? How many of you have ever fulfilled, you know, you've been after a plan, you were after a goal, and you never even prayed about it. You never even sought the Lord. You know, listen, if you don't like what I'm saying, pastor will be speaking next week, all right? I fly out today. But at least, at least entertain what I'm saying. It's possibly the word of God. Amen? You know, so I was thinking all the things that I've sang through the years, and one of them is, you know, when I sing, you are the potter and I am the clay, and then I think, Dude, I mean, sorry if that's okay in Salt Lake City or in Draper to say that, but but I think, dude, all the decisions that I have made in life and never consulted the Lord, and yet if he is the potter and if I am the clay, it means he's the one that has the design of my life and it's his hands and it's when I'm submitted to his hands that there is a molding going on. And so I realize, Lord, I want, I live best under your design because, because you are good. I really like that gal defining all that today. And, and because God is good, his design of your life is, guess what, good. And he is presently putting his hand on you, forming you into the vessel that he wants you, regardless of your age and regardless of what he finds. You know, in this short verse that we're going to meet, read in just a minute, I've been promising to keep putting it off a minute, don't I? Anyway, it, there's also a picture of where he starts to form the pot, and that would be you, that would be me. I'm not referring to marijuana. I'm referring to he's forming a vessel, all right? Sorry, I come out of L.A. Anyway, and, and he's forming a vessel, and I wonder what happens because my clay has a few marrings in it. How about you? You have, you know, there's some in here, maybe it was the lights that I couldn't see. Did anyone raise their hands over there? Huh? Look at you. <laughs> and over here, thank you, over here. You know, and I always think, what's he do when he comes to the marring? <laughs> you know, how many of you have ever gotten irritated when you were working with someone and they, you found that there was a resistant area? and got a little irritated. I think, well, does God get irritated with me? Does he just pick up that lump of clay and fling it off to the side until he calms down and his adrenaline gets out of his system again? What does he do? Look at this, because you'll like it. Yes? yes? Jeremiah 18, I'm reading from New King James Version. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. I like that. I even say, Lord, cause me to hear your words. Amen? Anyway, so I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was, what's it say? Marred. So instantly I wonder what he's going to do with it. And it was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again, yay, into another vessel. Never took his hand off it. How do you like that? Yes. How many of you would say, Lord, never take your hand off me. Lord, I know I have marrings, you know even more. 
Lord, make me into that vessel you want me to make. And it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. So I realized he's the owner of me. And I do best knowing that. Do you know that? Can you say that with me? He's the owner of me. He is the owner of me. He's the shaper of my life. Would you say that? He is the shaper of my life. You know, I got to tell you something funny. When I was saying that, I thought, oh, there's a couple things I haven't let him touch. Do you have some of those? Here, raise your hands. Do you have some of those? Look at you guys, just like me, and eager to grow in him. Isn't that right? So I'm the clay. My, it seems like my only decision is how yielded I will be into the hands of the potter. So let me say to you, and this is not a pretense. This, I'm not pretending. I'm not trying to prime your pump. I'm just letting you see me live out my journey in front of you, if you understand what I mean. And that is, I want the Lord to work, and I want to, him to be the shaper. I want to yield to him every area of my life. Would you say, you two, amen? Okay. So here's what I did in advance, so I don't have to drag you through hit this for hours and hours. I, fe- I looked and studied, because I'm interested in being a vessel in the hands of the Lord, and I believe you are too. I looked and found every place I could find where the main vessels of the house of the Lord were. And so I, I looked in their purpose. So I, I, most of them are in the New Testament, a couple of them in the Old Testament. Listen to this. The first one, and that would be the vessel of honor. And it's found when Paul is writing Timothy, and it's in his second letter to him. And he says, therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he'll be a vessel of honor. I like that. Sanctified. Would you say Sanctified. Now, let me tell you what that means if you said it. I mean, it means it even if you didn't say it. It means I am set apart for God. That's what it means, sanctified. I've been set apart for him. It says, so he'll be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. So I want to be prepared for the good work that the Lord wants to do in my life this week, both today and throughout the rest of the week. Would any of you agree with me of that being true for you? Lord, however you want to use me. By the way, I not only know the store owners, I know the names of the transients, and you've met them along with me, haven't you, Jody? And they all love your pastor. In fact, I think the rest of the people that weren't saved in the donut shop gave the hearts of the Lord that morning while you were there. I mean, they love Jody. But don't move to L.A. Move right here, all right? Anyway, don't you agree? Or I'll get in trouble with all these people for telling L.A. stories. But the vessel of honor, what is it? Let me tell you what, if you were a Jew, if you were Timothy, let me tell you what your understanding of the vessel of honor would be. It was a five-gallon container that was formed by the potter in the potter's shop. It was easily purchased. It was placed in one of two places, always on a low bench, but either at the entrance of someone's home or this vessel was placed at the entrance of the temple where people would come and bring honor and worship and their tithes, etc., to the Lord. And the key use of this was twofold. It was for 
uh, cleansing where people would wash their feet. They know that if they're arriving at your house, you don't want their dirt in your house, so to speak. They don't want their dirt in your house. So they would, that vessel was, the waters in that vessel that was renewed every day. It was fresh water. It wasn't stale water. It was, it was used for the cleansing of people and, um, and they knew that they also then could be able to use it for refreshing. In other words, they had water to drink. And so the, the key in this vessel, if you wanted to be, you might say, boy, I'd like to be a vessel of honor to the Lord. The key would be that you have learned somewhere in your life, and maybe you're right in the middle of learning this in your life right now, but the key is that you are learning to come daily before the Lord, and you're learning to have fresh waters of the Lord. Do you understand? You know, I yesterday even told the group that was gathered for the married couples conference that I was looking forward to worship this morning. Man, I don't ever count that uh, casually. I love to come and worship the Lord with others. But I've also found that I, I, I can't, I mean, maybe you can, <laughs> but my water gets pretty stagnant fast because there's a lot of bugs flying around. There's a lot of dust in the air. And you understand, I'm meaning that symbolically. And so I'm one of those that, again, maybe you don't need that, but I need to have a daily time where I lift up the name of Jesus. I, I need to have a daily touch of the Lord, even if it's, you know, for some of you, it would be great just to even start at one verse, let alone one chapter or one section. You understand? but something that you pause in your day and say, Lord, I need the fresh waters of the Lord today so that when someone drinks of my water, someone drinks of my life, there is a taste of the Lord. It brings a cleaning to them and it brings a refreshing to them. Now, I want to give you an example. Do you mind? It's a stinker of a one. Do you mind me telling stinking stories? Uh, how many of you like stinking stories once in a while? So, uh, I, you, listen, I've done so many things wrong that if you knew all of them, you would ask Pastor Jody to not invite me back to church. All right? I mean, that's the reality. I, I hide it well under, do these clothes look nice? I tried, this is all for you. You know, I put on my good shoes, all right, you know, for you. Anyway, but... And, and listen, underneath there's not a black heart. I have a washed heart. But if you knew the history of what, of what God has had to wash from me, you'd think, oh, I don't think we will invite him back. But the Lord, he's a cleanser, isn't he? Okay, so I'm going to tell you a dirty story on me. So I get saved, and by the way, it's kind of funny. I used to have a battle mouth. I mean, I could outcuss about anybody. I could tell the dirtiest of jokes. Is this okay that I tell you this? Yeah. Huh? I mean, how many of you relate to me a little bit? All right, okay. All right. I'm with my people here at the adventure. <laughs> you understand me. Anyway, and so is this okay, Pastor? Okay. If not, just get that hook that you have. Just pull me off. Anyway, so, so when I got saved, I felt like, wow. I'm not doing this anymore, I'm not doing that anymore, this or that. And I felt like, well, I mean, like, I am perfect, all right? I mean, and by the way, I was washed. And before the Lord, the miracle is, even before we get all of our ways in alignment with him, you know, we're all on a journey of growth. Do you know that? I just would like 
next month to show a little more growth. <laughs> Rather than a little downhill or something, you know. Anyway, I want, to, I want to have growth in my life. I want to grow in him. But I've learned he loves me and his blood covers us. And I'm just amazed by him. And maybe more amazed because of all of that. Anyway, so I walk into church. This is a stinking part. Now, I wasn't in the auditorium like this yet, you know. I was in what we would call the foyer or the lobby, kind of like, you know, you're coming in. Now, again, fairly newly saved. And, and, and listen, I, I'm going to pour it out before you. I was molested as a kid by a relative. And, and it, w- it caused all sorts of family disputes. And that person went on to molest a couple other relatives. And it was just a, a, just a not good thing. Listen, we we're all a bunch of heathens and we acted like it. Do you understand? Okay. I had hatred for the person that molested me. Do you understand? I was violated as a child. I mean, Jesus has washed me and made me whole and stuff. This stuff doesn't define me anymore, and it's one of the reasons I don't mind telling you. You understand? But it was a, it was a defining time in my life in a not good way. It was a foul thing. And I came into church, and... There was, uh, by the way, I wished I could say this was a guy, because there's guys like this, but I, I would be modifying the story. It was a lady, all right? And I walked in, and this lady at church, so I was probably, I don't know, maybe how old I was at the time, 21 years old, and there was this lady, and she, she had kids that were a little younger than me, so she's probably, you know, 35 or something. And anyway, and she comes up, she says, hey, Robbie, how you doing? You know, because... People in church are friendly, and they're, can I put it this way? We're all at different places of our growth, okay? So I don't hold it against you that you're still, God's working on your life, because he's working on it, yes? Okay, and hopefully you don't, you know, if you smell a little stink, you know, on me or something once in a while, you realize, hey, God's working on the boy, you understand? When I tell you I'm perfect, it's because of him. It's not because of me. And so also your life. So I go up to this lady. I won't give her a name because I'm protecting the guilty. And I go up to this lady, and she asks how I'm doing. And she asks specifically about that relative. Now, I'll tell you why she asked about that relative. It was not that she was interested in my growth. It's that she liked hearing me spew hatred for that relative. Do you understand? And I, I was, oh, that person, they're just a dirty dog. And, you know, who can stand them? I mean, they, there shouldn't be oxygen in their lungs. You know, I mean, have you ever thought that over somebody? <laughs> Hopefully you're not sitting by them. Anyway, so, you know, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, I, who knows what I was, uh, what I was spewing, what ugliness was spewing from my vessel. I'll tell you this. That was not a vessel of honor. Do you hear me? But I wasn't talking to a vessel of honor either. Do you understand? She was just loving, just feeding off that hatred. Well, in walks, thank God I can now redeem myself with women, in walks another woman into the foyer, woman by the name of Marie Tremble. That would not mean anything except you would know who Marie is. And this woman is a vessel of honor. Now, my face is going this way to the person I'm gossiping with about about my relative right in the lobby of the church before we go in and sing, melt me and mold me. (laughs) Come on. He starts molding. Oh, but not that. 
what's my little pet said. I like keeping that attitude around. <laughs> Come on, any of you understand what I just said? Anyway, so this vessel of honor walks in behind me, and she heard me say, I hate that individual. She apparently thought she could interrupt me. <laughs> and she said, Robbie, and by the way, she could. She was mine and Benita's premarital counselor, and she did our wedding along with our senior pastor. And I mean, I could go on and on. This lady really saved my life by the way she spoke. She said, what did you just say? I said, I said, I hate so-and-so. Now, by the way, don't go around like what I'm about to tell you. But I'm going to tell you what happened. She said, I bind that spirit of hatred from you. I command it out of your life in Jesus' name. She said, now, you're free. Don't ever say it again. And she walked on in. (laughs) And guess what? I never hated that person or anyone since then. And I don't speak against them. But what I want you to hear is that was a vessel of honor. By being in association with her, something washed my feet from the dirt of my past. Do you understand? Let's go on or I'll be here for three hours. Thank you. What's your name? I'll quote from you. And I do. The second one is out of Romans 9.23, and it's the vessel of mercy. Would you say vessel of mercy? And, and listen, I just want to read part of that verse. It really starts at verse 19 and goes all the way to verse 23. But, you know, it's God's enduring patience. And then it says, and he did so in order that he might make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. So a vessel of mercy is something that God wants to bring his glory through. Now, by the way, how many would say, yeah. I mean, come on. If you're in love with the Lord, if he's the king of kings and lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth, how many of you would say, I want to bring him glory just by, amen, and just by our living life. And that's what this vessel of mercy would do. But listen to this. It is distinctively different than the vessel of honor. It also was created in the potter's house as a five-gallon vessel, same size, but it was not put in front of the temple for washing and refreshing, nor was it put at the entrance of the house. This was put in the city square. And there might be 15 or 20 of these vessels of mercy gathered around the city square, and strangers and travelers knew, if I need water, I know where to go. And they didn't need to look for the temple. They didn't need to look for your house they knew that where they were to go was just the city square and there would be water for them to drink for refreshing and there would be that which would bring cleansing. Let me tell you the understanding. The key here, of course, daily getting refreshed in the Lord, vessel of mercy, but the key here is that you're easily accessible. I want to say something. By the way, I love every person on staff that, here that I've met through the years. I mean, Pastor Jody is just, she is one awesome lady. I hope you agree. All right. And then you meet people like Ira, meet people like Angela, meet people like Chase, meet people like, is it Bonnie and Vicki? Huh? 
Oh, my word, I'd get saved just knowing that lady. All right, anyway, anyway, but honestly, you know, and, but let me tell you something. Not everybody will come looking for the Lord in church. But maybe it's at your workplace. Maybe it's at your school that you go to, your university that you go to. Maybe it's in the restaurants where you go, or maybe it's in the neighborhood that you live because the key is this vessel of mercy is easily accessible. It's, it's the person that the community can have access to. And quite frankly, it's the person even when you're in church, you're accessible to them. You understand? You know, where I was coming in and, you know, there were genuine, sincere looking people all the way in that were greeting me. Every one of them was nice. Thank God, or I'd be glad to tell you. <laughs> anyway, no, but they really were. Did they greet you too? Yes. Oh, okay, the other four of you. So five of us were hardly greeted. And, you know, one lady, what oh, sweet lady. I mean, I wanted to stop and just hug her and ask her, her name. But, you know, she said, did you, get a, did you get one of these this morning? You know, looked so genuine and saying that to me. Just thank you, thank you. You make people like me who are strangers, you make us feel welcome. This is what the vessel of mercy does. But it's whatever you are. You might think, well, I need to join the staff to be used of the Lord. Well, how about being used of the Lord as a vessel of mercy that's easily accessible? You know, I worried when I went to, oh, I'm taking too long, I know, Jody, but I, I, I worried when I went to move to Southern California, I thought, how in a city of surrounds to 30 million people do you ever form community? And the Lord said, I'm going to give you to your community. How do you do that, Lord? I work 12 hours a day, four days a week, eight hours the next one, and then we're off and gone on the weekends. He said, I want you to get out and walk. And I walk five miles every morning. I mean, I know people two and a half miles away that think I live in their neighborhood. I mean, they know I don't live there. They know where I live because that's what people, oh, where do you live? Oh, you live? Oh, and by the way, the house that we live in is a distinctive mansion. People know it around. I said, oh, I live on Kensington. Oh, Kensington. That's that ridge way up in that hill. Yes, it is. Oh, there's some beautiful homes. Which one do you? do you live in? You know the one at the top? That's where I live. Huh? And by the way, the Lord likes dwelling there. There was a four-square businesswoman that gave four-square that house so it could be used for what we're doing now, which is watching people get refreshed and healed. And thank God for that. But I want to say this. I want to be a vessel of mercy. It's probably out of all of these, I relate to almost all of them, but one of them is kind of my favorite, and we'll get there in a minute, all right? But I want to be accessible. Would you say that? I want to be accessible to my community, to my community. So that means sometimes, and by the way, if I run over, you can't be accessible in here too long. But you'd be accessible right out there. You know what I'm saying, huh? But it does mean that's, I've always loved coming early, even though Pastor Jody would say that didn't happen with me much this morning. But I like coming early. I like staying around. I like being one of the last to leave because I like being a vessel of mercy. Amen? How many of you would say, I think the Lord had used me that way? Raise your hand. I'm looking. Okay, wow, thank you. Oh, all right, this week, Lord, send us where you want us. Then this third one is the chosen vessel. Now, I get a kick out of that because of where it shows up. It's in Acts chapter number nine. Do you remember the story of uh, 
Saul when he got saved and became Paul. Some of you might remember he was a leader. He, was, he, was a, 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 he sat on the highest court, the Sanhedrin. He was a brilliant man, uh, had graduated from what was probably the most prestigious university at the time, and, and had great influence. He is on his way to Damascus to kill Christians, all right? God stops him on that road and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I like that. I like that him saying that. You know why I like him saying that? I told you this last time I was here. And that is, it lets me know he knows when I'm picking on one of his kids. So I don't pick on his kids. You understand what I'm saying? It also lets me know he knows when somebody's picking on me. (laughs) And I don't have to get my panties in a bind. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that okay to say in a wad? Or, okay. I don't have to get all upset over something somebody said to me. In fact, I think, oh, God, don't hold that against them. Really, really, it's just, it just not worth it. But it was interesting. Saul goes blind. He's instructed to go on to Damascus as he's to look for a certain man. And there, by the way, at the same time, simultaneously, there's somebody like you and me and he's a vessel of honor, wanting to get some fresh water of the Lord. So he's in prayer that morning. His name is Ananias. And he's praying. And he's probably praying, oh God, use me today. Use me to pour fresh waters into people's lives. Use me today to not only refresh them, but Lord, to bring a little bit of cleansing in their life just by me being around them. Amen? The fresh waters of the Lord. Just fill me fresh right now. And what's the Lord speak to him? Ananias, something's going to happen today. There's going to be a guy, his name is Saul, and he's going to come to you, and you are to pray for him, and he's going to be healed because he is a chosen vessel. Would you say chosen vessel? He is a chosen vessel. That for, for the sound man, that is the third one, if you would. Thank you. Anyway, so he, he's a chosen vessel. And what's funny is Ananias gets in this conversation with the Lord. And he basically says, I'm really glad you came to me first because you have been misinformed about this guy. He is not very nice. In fact, he's going around killing Christians. And I want you to know because he's not a chosen vessel. No, I chose him beforehand. He's going to bear my name. I'm sending him out. You know what I like about that? Is it isn't pedigree. Yay. It's not how many gifts you have. It's not all the stupid things you and I have done. It's how we are before the Lord. The chosen vessel and the Roman church would have known this and so would in the book of Acts it was being distributed widespread. The chosen vessel was that which, as the master potter was making that pot, that vessel came out in his, to his eye that which would properly represent him. And he was very pleased. You know, he liked the way it glazed and liked the way it fired. And when he looked at that, he thought, that's a chosen vessel right there. He puts his stamp on that vessel. 
And then rather than put it on display, that's what I would think a chosen vessel would be. That's what I think would be done with a chosen vessel. He would instead take that vessel in the back room and he would set it on the shelf. Walk out of that room and close the door. (laughs) By the way, I'd be thinking if I was a chosen vessel, hey, 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 where are you going? (laughs) I'm right here. Put me in the display case right out in front. Put some LEDs. I know they didn't have them. You don't need to tell me that afterwards. Put some LEDs on me. (laughs) Shine some lights on me. (laughs) If I'm your chosen vessel, I want to be treated like one. (laughs) Is that not as funny to you as it is to me? I just, I could just see the times that some of you and, and maybe, and I know me, I, I've griped about sometimes how God plans and does things, you know, feel like, have you ever felt like you were set on a shelf? How many of you have? Ever felt like you're set on a shelf? I just say, maybe he put you there. Because a chosen vessel is not one that you would look at and choose for yourself. But a chosen vessel is that which when you would come in, and this would happen in Jerusalem in a potter shop today, you could go and say, I'd like a chosen vessel. And the potter looks you over and he goes in the back room and he chooses the vessel and he places it where he wants it. Girl, you're a chosen vessel. He placed you here. Didn't ask everybody's opinion. Took you out of the closet. Put you right there. Some people might say, glad you, if you'd known Jody, I'm really glad, Lord, that you're talking to me about this. (laughs) Because I have some things to say about her. (laughs) No, I chose her. Let's go on to to the next one. And that is the clean vessel, the clean vessel. And it's found in Isaiah 66, 20. And it just says the, you know, he's talking about Israel and the, the, uh, they would bring their grain offerings in a clean vessel. Would you say a clean vessel? To the house of the Lord. Now, what was interesting is the clean vessel didn't start off as a clean vessel. It started off as a vessel of honor. It was that which was being taken for fresh water every day, maybe, you know, swished out a little bit to keep it clean. But much use day by day in that where it was causing refreshing to other people, somehow that clean vessel eventually started to have a gathering of minerals in it it became tainted from much usage. And where there is much usage, there is exposure to gaining tainted attitudes. Do you understand? And it's, by the way, it is never God's design to downgrade a vessel that he has chosen. Do you understand? It's his design that we be clean and usable in his hands. But just after, just after much usability comes the risk of becoming tainted. And what they would do, what the priests would do at the temple, 
is they would gather up these vessels that had started off as vessels of honor that were, again, being renewed every day you know, with fresh water, and they were used for refreshing, and they were used for cleansing. And when they saw that they, to use a crude word, had become dirty, had become downgraded, they would take them and put them in the back of the temple. And four times a year, and maybe people and then people also in their own homes because they were in their own homes, and people would see that this vessel of honor had become tainted. And they would bring them to the priest, but they would bring their grain offering with them. So when you hear of them taking their offerings in a vessel, that grain offering, they were actually taking it in a downgraded issue, a downgraded vessel. In fact, this morning I was praying over it and I thought, you know what? I've been used just for hauling before, not for refreshing. Can I say this to you who really care about what we're talking about? You know when the load becomes heavy, you're just, you're just heavy. It's like a heavy yoke, yet you're doing what you used to do that was refreshing to people, but what you're doing is not refreshing anymore. I want to tell you there's the possibility that you've gone from a vessel of honor to a clean vessel, and now you're being used to haul some grain. But four times a year, the priests would take those that were brought to them and also those that they saw that they had used to, that had become clean vessels, and they would take them back to the potter's house to have them renewed. Oh boy, somebody say that with me. Oh boy. And four things would happen to them. Do you want to hear what it takes to take the clean vessel and make them again to a vessel of honor? Come on, egg me on a little bit. All right, thank you. The first thing is they, the potter would empty it out of whatever was in it, making sure that it was, it was empty. Now, by the way, I want to tell you this. I've pastored and ministered for years and years, lots of years, as in... We're having to go back into the mid, later 1970s. The rough part is there have been several seasons that I have gone through where I have been the vessel of honor and became the clean vessel and I had to be taken back to the potter to be emptied out. Do you realize, I'll, I'll let you know, I don't like being emptied out. I sing songs that say, Melt me, mold me, fill me, fill me, fill me. Did you catch that? Use me. Don't empty me out. Fill me. <laughs> if I need fresh water, just fill me more. <laughs> if my water's a little stagnant, just fill me more. Can't you just put more fresh water in there? You know, have you ever seen people, God bless them, come on. If you live in community here, you watch one another go through that. You know, you'll think... Oh, I, oh, what? Oh, that Jody. She's just not on point today. <laughs> Maybe she's getting renewed. Come on. Maybe she's back on the potter's wheel. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. You know, the worship leader or the Sunday school or, or, or your best friend and whatever it would be. You see people go through a season. Now, listen, I don't like being emptied, especially in front of you. <laughs> I want to look full. You know, I, listen, it, we pastored in Arizona for 12 years. There's different seasons that cause lawns to die there. 
And I mean, when those lawns are dead, they're dead. Did you hear me? They're just dead lawns. Yeah. I know people that don't, can't stand their dead lawn. No joke. They hire a company to come in, and they spray their dead lawn green. It looks like it. Do you understand? Have you ever seen a man with a toupee that looks like he has a toupee on? He didn't pay too much. He just got his mama's wig and trimmed it. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? You know, come Come on, you know, because he wanted to look hairy. <laughs> you know, I don't even like bending over looking at the scripture because I know what you're looking at right here. All right, you know, but I'm not going to paint it brown. You understand? Because everybody in here would say, I know what he didn't have any hair and he's trying to make it look like he's got hair. You know, no, we don't like being emptied. I have a, I had a dog, Yorkshire Terrier, sweet little thing. And she liked to be in her crate. And when we get home, come out of your crate. No, you couldn't lure the dog out of the crate. I remember one day, sorry, I really do love the dog. And don't, be, don't think harshly of me. But I, I, I tilted the crate up. Come on out, Binky. Come out. <laughs> come out. I tried reaching in there. Ah, no. <laughs> don't be cranky. Just come out. <laughs> Listen, do you have some stuff you're holding on to? Let him get it out of you. Be happy about it. You're being prepared for his use. But I said there were four things. The second one, he scrapes you <laughs> inside. He's a good scraper, isn't he? How many of you are in the middle of getting scraped right now? Huh? Are you? I mean, I don't mean because of my sermon, but I meant because of the... <laughs> anyway, but you know, listen, I have this theory. Do you mind? You won't need to base your, your eternal life on it. I think Jesus scrapes the inside. I think you scrape the outside. Ever had somebody come up to you and tell you something and you get a little attitude about it? Oh, no, that's not me. Well, or how about me and Benita? She wants to tell me when I get a bad attitude. I'll just tell her, the reason I have that bad attitude is because of you. And I want to tell you further, Miss Scraper. You're acting just like your mother. <laughs> you know, all I'm doing is resisting God. Some of us would do well to listen to somebody else once in a while. What are you trying to tell me? Do you hear me? Listen, there are a couple of you in here right now. I know it by the Spirit of the Lord. You've been mad at a couple people that have tried to stick their scraper in you. Hey, maybe you ought to say, Jesus, thank you. You've been trying to get a hold of that attitude to make me a vessel of honor because I've been a little bit tainted and I need to get rid of that tainting. How many of you, I'm talking to you on that? Yeah, amen. And do you know what it would be? Do you know what it would be? You know, then just say, Lord, just flush it on out. Get rid of it, amen. The third thing I like the least, (laughs) he files the lip of that vessel again so it'll pour straight. Have you ever, I was thinking, while I was getting ready, I was thinking it because I know that when I was studying it, it said he, he, the potter refiles the lip. I thought, he's had to get a rasp out for me before. You know, how many of you know what a rasp is? It's a, it's a file, but it's the coarse one. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of the things. I hate telling you all this, but I leave, and my shame is over, I guess. You know. Anyway, but I was thinking, he's had to refile it for Ways that I talk. You know, you can start off faithful 
go through some tough things, which all of us do, and pretty soon you don't count him faithful anymore. And those words aren't pouring out of your mouth or when you would begin to say, yeah, he's good. By the way, I want to tell you, God is good. Now, he doesn't do what I want him to do all the time. And apparently he has a plan that's a little bit different than mine, you know, sometimes. But I want to tell you, to the core, he's good. And he loves you. And every touch on your life is a good touch when it comes from God. If it's a bad touch, it's not God. Do you understand what I mean? But listen, that comes from a man who's had, had my lip filed several times. I want to tell you something that will never happen in my life. I'll never gossip about you. You'll never find me talking smack about anybody in church. You'll never talk, hear me talking bad about anybody I've ever counseled because I realize those people just like you, they're just trying to get better. You understand? Right. Now, when I go in Walmart parking lot, that's a whole nother deal. <laughs> Why does that woman have to leave her minivan parked in the middle waiting for somebody that has not ever come out yet? And then when she does park, why does she change the diaper of that child right there and throw it under the van? It's a mystery to me. I get out of my car and step on it and think not, not nice things about you, and I have to go and get the rasp out again. <laughs> but I want to tell you, there was a little truth to my funny. And you could ask Benita, a couple of years ago, we had quite a serious talk. She said, you know, Robbie, I never hear you talk bad about people until we go to Walmart. Now, I, I mean, in the funny, you can laugh, really. It doesn't offend me. But she said, you, you know, she said, you're getting worse. You're going to be 80 years old, buy some old Cadillac, and you're, go, you're just going to go scraping people's cars that are in your way. She said, because you're already starting to say things out loud to them. You'll unroll the window and say, <laughs> say things to them. And I laughed at her, and then I thought about it. Come on. You got, some, you got some grit on your poor spout that needs to be removed? How many of you do? Yeah. And by the way, almost always I do. <laughs> well, lastly, he puts, it in, he puts it back in the fire and refires it. And of course, I say, I don't want to go in the fire. <laughs> It'll kill me. Promise? <laughs> the fifth one, the vessel of, of, vessel of dishonor. By the way, Jody, do I have 10 more minutes? I had not asked in advance. Is that okay? All right. Sorry, I'd take care of that then. The vessel of dishonor is also found in 2 Timothy 2, verse number 20. And it was conceived as a five-gallon vessel of honor. But something happened in this vessel of dishonor. It, it, it just, it, it, the air didn't work out of the clay. It got pocked marked and it started popping all over when it was when it was being formed and then in the fire in the kiln and it just it it turned out disastrous it didn't break it just looked ugly that potter will take this vessel of dishonor and he'll put it out in the front of his shop and for just a few pence somebody could buy it and basically what it would become is the judean garbage can now, by the way, this vessel 
was not appointed by God to be a vessel of dishonor. It was a self-appointed vessel. Because of the pride of those pot marks, the refusing to humble themselves before God, the refusal to change, the refusal to be molded, it became a garbage can. Now I want to tell you something. When I look at this, because in Jeremiah it says that, you know, it's cast out. It's branded as a vessel of dishonor, a vessel that was cast out. And, of course, it says even he's able to redeem. But listen, you can start off. I believe a person could start off with a sense of, you know what, I, yeah, I want to give my heart to the Lord. And here I want to become a Christian. Would you show me how? And, okay, and Jesus, I invite you in my life. And... Would you forgive me, etc.? But the self-serving, I'm going to call it arrogance, it would, the arrogating before God. In other words, he has a way. I don't want that way. In fact, I want you to do it my way. Why don't you sing the song, Jesus, melt me and mold me, <laughs> and let me mold you? It's the, it's the vessel that wants to own itself. Do you understand? And... These vessels are dishonor. The part is, you know what, Lord, I, I want to put a I want to put a lid on my soul where garbage just doesn't keep dumping in. Huh? Are you aware of areas in your life that get a little scary once in a while? You'd say, you know what, I I'm like a vessel that has no lid and people are throwing garbage around and who caught that one? You know. You know, how, how many of you have gotten a little too close to that stuff? You know. And I just say, you know what, Holy Spirit, come and put a lid on it where I've been allowing garbage into my life that I take a new stand against it. Amen? And then then this last one, and that is the vessel of wrath. It's found in Romans chapter number 9, verse number 22, and it was also being formed as a, this is my favorite, because to me it's me was formed as a vessel of honor to be used, placed on that bench to daily people could come and get refreshed there because it has fresh water. But while it was being formed, it looked wonderful. But when the potter would take that vessel of wrath and put the pot that looked, it looked like it formed perfectly. And when he would put it in the fire, it would crack. Would we call those crack pots? Huh? It didn't crack because it was marred. It didn't crack because it had a lump. It didn't crack because it was not resistant or because it was resistant. It cracked, quite frankly, because it just couldn't take the heat. Does that sound like you once in a while? I've been in those places. Just couldn't take the heat. What's the Lord do? What's the master potter do to those crack pots like I have been? He takes that pot out and lets it cool. And in the meantime, he would have, after he closed up his shop every day, he would have gone into the field. There might be a bunch of bulls out there, a bunch of goats out there in the field, and he would gather an insect called a fasuka. 
And this fasuka, much like a tick or a leech, it would engorge itself off the blood of the animals that it was sucking the blood of. And he would grab the fasuka, this would almost look like a, like a berry because it was a, this insect that was over-engorged with blood. And he'd gather them off the bulls and off the goats and he would put them in a little leather pouch and take them to his shop at a later time and they would sit there until he had a vessel of wrath. And when he, that vessel of wrath that had cracked in the heat He'd bring that cracked pot before him and he would take one of the fasuka and he would snap it open and mix the blood with the clay and he would begin to carefully work the mixture that he had into that crack. And by the way, if you know where we're going, we're not talking about the blood of bulls and goats, but we're talking about the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross for you and me. And he he applies the blood of Christ to those cracked areas in your life or in my life. And then guess what he does? He takes that cracked pot that he's created as a vessel of honor and now has repaired the crack and he places it back into the fire that cracked it in the first place. Almost always, it takes. It doesn't crack again. And that becomes then a vessel of honor that would be placed in front of the temple, in front of your home, for fresh waters every day. No one would even know. But sometimes it resists the repair. (laughs) Sometimes it wants to define itself as the cracked pot. And he would go through that process maybe 12, 13, 14, 15 times trying to restore that pot. Aren't you glad for the blood of Christ? Amen. I want to I wrap this up. I hope you've gotten something out of it. I'm just talking to you about my life, where the Lord is taking me and my life and my journey to him and doing a lot of fill-in in my life in this season. How about you? Pastor Jody, would you come and stand with me? Um, And I wanted to lead people in prayer. Would that be all right? Yeah. How many of you love the Lord like I do? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, many of you do. I wonder if we could, if we could bow our heads in a moment and really just to, so we can just allow our thoughts to be on nothing other than what I'm talking about. I'm going to be asking you two or three questions. And I'm going to ask you to make a decision with those questions. Right there in your seat. Though I might have you raise your hand just so you'll remember raising your hand today and looking back an hour from now when things seem so much the same. (laughs) You can look back and think, no, I made a decision. And I'm going to live it out. So bow your heads with me and I wonder, how many of you in here first? First question. How many of you in here would say, Pastor Robbie, Pastor Jody, 
I need Jesus in my life and I've never given my life to him. But I want that same personal relationship with him. I heard the message, he loves me and I want to respond and let him know I'm his too. And I want to invite him in to be Lord of my life. That's all it takes. Giving him your life, inviting him in, asking him to forgive you, and he does. You don't have to go out and wash my car to earn it. You just have to love him, seek him, follow him. If that's you, or if maybe at one time you did, but you think, Robbie, I walked away from the Lord and I need to come back. All right, then come back home today, right now. If that's you in one of those two categories, just lift your hand real high so I can see it. Oh, I see that, sir. I see that, ma'am. I see that, sir. Wow, wow. I see that, sir. I see that, sir. I see that, ma'am. Yes, I see that, ma'am. I see that, ma'am. Yes, yes. He loves you. Tell him right now, just right there, because he's been longing to hear from you. He's done with me talking. (laughs) Just tell him, I love you. Just tell him that. I love you. See, I want you in my life. Tell him that. I want you in my life. Come in my life, Lord Jesus. In fact, let's not wait. I'm praying that anymore. Say this out loud with me and the rest of you say it out loud with them as a good confirmation. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I want you in my life. So I give you my life today that you be Lord of my life. I declare I love you with all of my being. I've sinned against you, hurt some others too. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean that doesn't come from works. I could never be good enough. It comes from your blood shed on the cross of love for me. I invite you into my heart, into my life, and by faith, thank you that you receive me and forgive me and call me your own in Jesus' name. And keep your head bowed if you would. We're throwing a party and there's one in heaven, but let's just wait just a moment more. How many of you in here with your head bowed would say, Pastor Robbie, I want to be a vessel of honor. I want to be a vessel that the Lord would use. I want to be also that accessible vessel in my community. Raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, me too, Lord. We don't know how to put that together, but you put it together. You use us in Jesus' name. And put your hand down for a minute. How many of you would say, Pastor Robbie, I'm needing to be that clean vessel, him doing that fourfold work in me, but I yield to it. Raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Benita, did you raise your hand? Yeah, all right, all right. right. And then how many of you would say, oh, Lord, I got some broken places in my life. I apply your blood there. Mix the clay and... And even if I have to go back in the fire again, Lord, I'm going to hold on to that which you do, which is your blood work in Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord, thank you for this beautiful congregation. Bless their day, bless their week, and bless them as a congregation to effectively touch the beautiful Draper area and beyond in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. Good to see you.